Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rabbit Weasel Podcast, episode number 23, Cabin in the Woods. I am your host, Jared. I'm here with my brother, Justin. Justin, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, having a great weekend. Got to rewatch the movie today. Pretty excited to talk about it. And uh, now I have a fresh Coca-Cola, too, to add to the uh, excitement. <laughs> Are you going to me out? <laughs> we always have awkward beginnings. And I'm also here with Mia. Hello, Mia. Look, we all stop and get quiet. Like, okay, everybody, it's time to record now. And then we start and everyone just falls apart. <laughs> uh, I'm Jared, and that's my brother, Justin, and my sister-in-law, Mia. Uh, Mia, how are you doing today? <laughs> We're doing really good, enjoying some soft drinks. <laughs> Yeah, enjoying a Coke. I'm having bubbly water for the record. Uh, Mia's having a Coca-Cola. <laughs> Yum. We had no beer and wine beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> they are in... What state are you guys in now? Seattle? What, what state are we in? <laughs> it changes like every year. You're in Georgia, wow. Texas, Colorado. How many states oh, are you <laughs> Washington State. You're in Washington? I thought you were in Seattle. I don't know. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle's in Washington. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I'm in quarantine right now. My brain is <laughs> <laughs> uh, For anybody, it's, what month is it? Is it May? Am I right about that? Yeah. March, April, That's May. Approaching the end, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're in the end of May. So anybody, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I'm actually living in Taiwan. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I was thinking Washington, D.C. I was waiting for it. <laughs> anyway, so I'm in Taiwan at the moment, and Taiwan has been very successful against the fight uh, against COVID. Um, but recently, we did have a mini outbreak. We're having a few hundred cases, like about 300 cases or so a day. So they've shut everything down here, which gives me plenty of time to work on the podcast, but not study geography, apparently. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm stuck at home watching movies and studying Chinese. That's where we're at right now. But anyways, the movie, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, brief introduction. This one came out. It was, if you look it up, it's kind of conflicting because I think it debuted at a film festival in 2011 in December, but it debuted in theaters in 2012. So if you see any conflicting information there, that's what's going on, because it confused me for a minute. Uh, it was directed by Drew Goddard, produced by Josh Whedon, and co-written by the two together. So the film was kind of meant as like a tribute to the horror genre and also um, as a bit of a satire, especially at, at that point, the so-called torture porn stuff was really big. Um, so it was sort of a take on the horror, horror genre. Uh, it was kind of advertised as a real cliched setup. I remember when I first saw it, I thought this is just a ripoff, really. But there's, it was also advertised that there's a big twist. And I remember when the movie came out that uh, everyone was talking about, oh, there's a twist in the movie. Don't spoil it. You got to go see it for yourself. But before we get into that, this was Justin's pick. So, Justin, uh, why did you pick this movie? I think I know why, but. Yeah, so I like that it plays out on multiple levels. So it's like really smart as a horror movie, I think. And the ending, <laughs> fitting, beautiful ending, I think, which I'm excited to talk about. And there's some cool like 
philosophy stuff going on. There's some cool like stuff about human behavior and some good horror elements, like some classic horror odes. So yeah, um, I I love it. And this is actually one that um, you and I saw together for the first time. We saw this in theaters, right? It was almost so 10 in years ago. Together. Yeah. yeah. So, well, before we get into your first impressions, uh, Mia, was this the first time you saw this movie or had you seen it before? No, I've seen it before. I think I maybe saw it when I was out in theaters, but I don't remember. But I had seen this movie and I thought it was quite enjoyable as well. Mm-hmm. So had you seen it since it came out or did you see it when it first came out and then resaw it for the podcast? I think, I think I saw when it first came out, but I had maybe seen it one more time, but we, we've seen it, what, now twice? Yeah, we watched it twice, yeah. Yeah, we watched it twice. Yeah. So Justin, do you remember, I mean, obviously you picked it for this. Had you seen it since we saw it in theaters? Yeah, I had seen it once or twice since then. And... Um, yeah, I think I, I couldn't tell you when, but I think I've seen it twice, uh, once or twice since then. I'm not sure if I've seen it since it came out, um, but it really stuck with me. You know, mm. a, a lot of the, this is a really good movie. A lot of stuff stuck with me. I don't know. Had your opinion on it changed at all? Either of you since you first saw it? Did you catch um, anything? Chris Hemsworth definitely doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But um, um, no, I still really enjoy the movie. I think it's fun. Uh, I think I can pinpoint some things that I hadn't noticed before and that are fun and um, that I really enjoyed from the movie and love all the use of different, now that we've been doing a lot of podcasts and looking at different like horror movies and it's really cool seeing um, different like versions of things yeah, I um, I liked it even more. I mean, I, I was able to catch more things. I think in part because we've been watching these movies together and breaking them down now. Um, but it was like the first time we watched it, it was fun to kind of get lost in the story a little bit. And the second time after kind of remembering all the setup, it was, uh, there's a lot of stuff littered throughout through you. So it's, it's a very cleverly written and executed, I think. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really liked it upon reviewing it. I would have really liked if that one of the monsters was like an alien. Cause you know, Sigourney Weaver's in this movie. That yeah. would have been like awesome. There is. <laughs> there is. Yeah. That's one thing we'll get into that later. All the stuff that comes up later, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely an alien in the movie. Yeah. That's, this is a movie. It, it, you should definitely watch this one a few times. Cause there's a lot, especially later on in the film. Uh, there's a lot thrown at you, but I guess we should also say, as always, uh, you should watch the movie first before you listen to the podcast, especially this one, as we've already mentioned, it was uh, big on spoilers and everyone, you know, you want to avoid the twist. So, but with that, I guess let's just jump in, jump into it. we got a lot to go over here. So the film opens with two professionally dressed men at work at some sort of, I don't know, is it ever really explicitly stated that they are a government organization? I mean, you can kind of assume they work for the government with the kind of technology and money they have. Um, but at the beginning, you don't know. It, it could just be a business or something. We don't know exactly what their job is at first, but we can gather that there is some big event coming up. And they at least don't seem too concerned about it at this point. 
Uh, we also learned that there's a Swedish branch that has dropped the ball somehow. And now we're down to just the American and Japanese branches to complete whatever the task is. So then we introduce our kind of typical setup here of the good looking college kids, right? Let's see here. It's hard to get everybody's name straight. I think I got them all though. We have the girl, Jules, who has just dyed her hair blonde. Uh, we have our boyfriend, Kurt, whose cousin owns the cabin. Yeah, let's go ahead and say that Kurt is played by Chris Hemsworth. And Chris is, I mean, that's Thor, right? We all know now that's Thor. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have to avoid the urge to just call him Thor throughout the rest of the movie. But so this movie came out like right, I think right after Thor came out. But it was recorded before people knew him as Thor. So at this time when this movie came out, um, or at least when he was playing this role, he wasn't really a big name actor. He was mostly unknown, I think, at this point. He certainly wasn't what he became. Uh, so pretty lucky for them, I guess, right? <laughs> so Jules, her boyfriend, Kurt, and we have the friend Dana, mm -hmm. who is sort of like the nice girl, I guess, in this movie. Um, smart one. She's also coming along, and they are trying to hook her up with their other friend, Holden. I think I got all those. And That's then right. we have the most uh, memorable character of the group, Marty the Stoner. Marty. Dude, Marty the Stoner. I think after watching this movie, how he cannot be your favorite, at least of the main, the kids. You well, know? his entrance too is amazing, right? He's like coming down the yes. road and he has this ridiculous bong in his car and he's like taking hits on it and there's like smoke everywhere. And uh, Kurt's coming up and like, dude, you can't bring that with us. And he steps out and he's like, what this large bong and doo -doo 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 -doo, and it turns out it like when he uh uh de-extends it it's just uh looks like a coffee mug <laughs> yeah except i'm sure it still smells like weed but no. uh yeah it's kind of funny he just comes rolling down the road so first off the guy is kind of like it kind of looks and talks like shaggy from Scooby oh my Dude. gosh yeah <laughs> 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 he's definitely he's shaggy with a little bit of like you know your college stoner friend uh he's sort of a cliche but he becomes more later on but yeah he's just rolling down the street in the middle of his neighborhood smoking a gigantic bong that he turns into a coffee cup and he gives this little speech about how no no the cops aren't going to pull me over if they see a man <laughs> this is not true by the way everybody if they see a man riding down the street smoking a giant bong they are scared of you <laughs> but anyway so yeah he's great from the very beginning so they're getting into like a, a little RV, Breaking Bad style. Um, and they're going off to the cabin in the woods. That's the title. Uh, but we realize they're being watched by some government agents. So along the way, they stop at, this is another big cliche that I love. They stop at a rundown convenience store, a roadside convenience store. Um, and we get the crazy old man who actually knows the truth. My Mordecai. favorite yeah, his name is Mordecai. Uh, now, this has been done a lot of times. I think there was one, oh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. There's the drunk guy in, in the bar or the restaurant there who says it's the end of the world. Crazy Ralph and Friday the 13th. So this is just one of my favorite characters. Tell us about Mordecai. <laughs> well, he comes back he... later to be, uh, he comes back later on. So we'll get to that. But what is Mordecai like? Creepy. <laughs> creepy. He's like um, he's like a creepy Woody, uh, um, 
Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Woody Harrelson? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except more redneck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like spitting, chewing tobacco, and uh, he's very rude to them. That scene kind of reminds me of like uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh. Yeah, I think Hills Have Eyes was another one. This has been done a lot where for some reason you got to go to a gas station and it's run down and you should know you're somewhere you're not supposed to be. And he just flat out tells them basically, hey, you're going to die if you go there. But of course they don't listen. Yeah, apparently the name for that character is a harbinger. Yeah, the Harbinger. Harbinger. Yeah, the Harbinger, which I didn't know that. Yeah, they refer to him briefly as the Harbinger later. Um, So yeah, he's the one who tells people, hey, you've been warned basically, but you're going to ignore me because you're living in a horror movie. (laughs) We get another hint kind of to the the size. Um, One good thing about this movie is it slowly reveals things, right? So... As they're driving through the mountains, we the camera kind of tilts and we follow a bird flying around. Justin, you remember what happens to the bird? <laughs> yeah, it just crashes into the sky. Yeah, yeah there's like a, the sky kind of shimmers electronically. Yeah, basically, there's an invisible barrier, um, and the bird just flies into it and dies. So <laughs> there's something massive going on. Now, actually, real quick, though, I want to ask you guys, before you saw it, this movie, did you know the twist? Justin, I'm pretty sure we didn't, because they did a good job of hiding it. Yeah, I don't think I knew it the first time I watched it, for sure. It's been 10 years. I did not. I did not okay. know the twist. Great. Yeah, that's the best way to watch it, not knowing what's really, what's really coming. So they arrive at the cabin, and we should go ahead and point out that this is all Evil Dead, which is a movie we have to get to pretty soon uh the title of the movie is evil dead the location of the movie is evil dead a lot more of it becomes evil dead as we go so even though it's kind of a take on the horror genre as a whole half of it is like the evil dead which is one of my favorite series of all time but anyways we're at the cabin in the woods so they start exploring and holden goes into his room and he finds like um a painting of a sacrificial ritual they're like mutilating a goat or something mm-hmm. um but when he takes it down it's a two-way mirror you're looking into dana's room so to his credit he does tell everybody um it reminded me of psycho except in psycho he's looking through a peephole here he doesn't realize like oh this is a two-way mirror <laughs> So he does tell everybody, like, hey, guys, you got to check this out. Something weird's going on here. Back to the government agency who are – they're watching everything. They have monitors and computers. It's all very high tech. And we learn that they have put drugs into Jules' hair dye to turn her into the dumb blonde stereotype. Then Mordecai, Mordecai, he comes back. They make a phone call to him. Justin, do you remember this scene? Oh, that's great. So they have him on speakerphone. Yes. And he goes like all dark and death and uh, Old Testament y uh, <laughs> <laughs> on it. And he's like, he's like, the, the lambs are being led to slaughter and their blood is going to be painted crimson. And he's like, wait, am I on speakerphone? <laughs> <laughs> and it is awesome 
And they're like, he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, I can hear myself echoing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know who's there. And um, so they like pretend to, to take him off speaker and they don't. And uh, he, uh, he launches back into uh, his creepy uh, uh, Old Testament-y vibe. And then they laugh at him again. <laughs> yeah, perfect summary. So this movie is... There's a lot of great humor in he, in this movie, but yeah, he's great with this whole scene. Um, they're all kind of creeped out by Mordecai because he like takes his job a little too seriously. And like you said, he's very old Testament giving these elaborate dark speeches. Uh, and then they just embarrass him with him being on speaker phone. Yeah. I wish they would have brought him back more because he's great. So back at the group, they're going for a swim and everyone at the government agency We never give them a name, so I'm just calling them the government agency throughout the rest of the podcast. There you go. Um, They're placing bets on what is going to happen to the group, although we don't see what the choices are yet. Soon we do, and I'm going to go through all of them. But uh, there's a new guy, like a new security guard or something who's working there, and he's uncomfortable with everyone's attitude because all the people who are working there – at this point in the movie, you still don't really know what's going on. Like maybe you're thinking, um, more, Marty says later, he thinks it's a reality TV show. You don't know what's going on. But um, it's explained that although they do kind of tilt the odds in their favor, it's still up to the group to make their own decisions. I don't think that's really true, though. That they're pretty oh, much controlling them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what they're, they're telling themselves, at least. Um, Oh, yeah. Then we get to the party scene. Everyone's drinking, smoking weed, and playing Truth or Dare, which leads to a, a weird scene uh, where Jules is dared to make out with a, what is it, a stuffed a stuffed wolf head on the wall, a taxidermy wolf head. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's done in a very over-the-top, sexy, but kind of creepy way. And she really makes out with this deer head. Like, she is running her tongue all over its teeth <laughs> deer head we're having flashes <laughs> back to childhood <laughs> yeah you mean wolf head <laughs> deer, yeah sorry but yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> looking yeah. staring at you across the living room nah. where we grew up for context there everybody uh, hunting is a big thing so there was always deer heads on the walls in people's houses so when i think taxidermy i see like lifeless deer heads staring at me <laughs> Um, you didn't think about making out with any of them, I don't imagine. No, no, it never <laughs> occurred to me to touch touch them with my tongue. Um, but or not. when Maybe I first, interesting. I mean, I don't know. No, it's 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 not my thing. Um, when we <laughs> first saw this scene, uh, did you guys? I thought the wolf was going to bite her. Did you guys get that, or is that just me? Way it built it up. Way it built okay, up. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just sitting there going like, okay, so. It's going to come to life and bite her. In Evil Dead 2, the taxidermy, they are deer heads in that movie, do kind of come to life and move around and stuff. So you're waiting for something to happen. There's like creepy music and it's shot in a weird way, but no. Uh, so it all just it seems like kind of a weird scene. And you kind but, of like are expecting her to be the first one to go if you're like a horror movie fan. Like mm-hmm. it's often the one that's being kind of over the top sexual that gets the eggs first first. so you're like expecting it and then it doesn't happen it doesn't happen but when it's next it's dana's turn for a dare 
And there's a good jump scare here. This is another Evil Dead reference where there's like a door in the, the floor to the cellar and it flings itself open, surprising everybody. Straight out of Evil Dead, of course. And everybody, we have to go investigate, right? Because if a door opens itself in a scary place, you got to go check it out. <laughs> I love this scene because this is where we start to get a lot of references to other movies, you know? Up until this point, it's just been Evil Dead, as I said. But now, uh, the cellar is filled with creepy things. Do you guys remember anything that was down there? Um, uh, ballerina, a ballerina box, a mm. necklace. With a little the, circle thing. Yeah, the little circle thing. Uh, the diary. Um, what else? What was Holden playing with? His was a ballerina box, right? I think so. Marty, what did Marty have? Oh, he had yeah. film. Oh, yeah. He was looking Oh, film. yeah. He had like a roll of film, right? He had a roll of film, and Jules was looking at a necklace by a wedding dress. Uh, oh, I'm not going to know his name. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt. 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 Chris or Thor before you get to Kurt. <laughs> was looking at the, at the ball, holding yeah. up the ballerina box, and um, what's her name? Dana. Dana. The diary. Just yeah. Had to, just had to read it. Right. So this basement is just full of all kinds of objects. And if you're, you know, you can probably figure it out that, oh, there's different like horror movie icons here. And depending on what they interact with, that's what's going to be the evil that gets unleashed. Right. And one of them is, um, sorry, uh, Hellraiser fans, I might say this wrong. I think it's Lamarckin's box. Um, that's the box from Hellraiser that they opened to summon the uh, Cenobites. So, yeah. We need I've to watch the Hellraiser. It. I've never, I've I've never, never watched it. it. Yeah. It's the, it's the guy, no, it's not. It's not, it's not the same guy as With the, the pins. pins right? I don't know. Yeah, Pinhead. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's um, okay. I'll make a note of that. We definitely need to get to Hellraiser then. But because uh, that's, there's a lot of references to that in this movie. But, anyways, as. I guess I think it was Dana. Dana, right? She finds the the diary, the, the diary. and pain. Uh, yeah, patience, patience, <laughs> and a pain. <laughs> so, but it's it's a cool scene because um, everybody is drawn to a different object, right? And they all kind of start interacting with it. But she she gets everyone's attention. Uh. <laughs> Mia, you want to tell us what the story is behind the journal? Do you remember? Uh, so the story behind the journal is, let me see if I remember, correct me, but I know it's like some really weird, um, like hillbilly, right? They're hillbillies. Rednecks, I Rednecks think. Rednecks or something a, like that. Yeah. And they torture and kill people in the black room, right? Yeah. And there's like mm -hmm. a section where it says that. The dad put like hot coals and opened the mom's stomach and she's like proving herself wanting to prove herself to her dad or something like that or to her brothers or something like that yeah and there's this really awesome part where they they get to the latin and marty's like no stop we got we have to stop and then you hear somebody go well before the yeah. latin part though <laughs> i mean <laughs> You forgot the yeah. husband's bulge part. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Where she's like talking about her brother getting the husband's oh, bulge husband from bulge. killing the the travelers. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, 
Anyways. <laughs> yeah, the husband's bulge. Nice little touch. Patience. Um, and it was adding that. <laughs> 1903. That's the other piece I had. Yes, 1903. Uh, yeah, so creepy backwoods family that's super sadistic and likes to torture people. And of course, they have to read the Latin. Also, that's that's more evil dead. You know, don't play the incantation. Stop it, stop it. No, we're going to keep playing. Um, and also, yeah, Marty, he seems to be the, the reasonable person here. He actually does hear like a voice whispering, you know, read it, read it, read it. So for so we find out later it's his weed. <laughs> they don't really explain it too much, but for some reason the weed he's smoking makes him see through the bullshit. So yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's why he hears it. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so he tries to stop them, but of course they read the Latin incantation. Um, back to the government officials. Ooh, this is fun. Here we go. Maintenance. Uh, they have the betting pool as to what's going to happen. So the maintenance department, they won uh, which monster would be unleashed. One girl is mad because she bet on zombies, but not on zombie redneck torture family. <laughs> so that's that's the our main villains here, the zombie redneck torture family. Nice touch. Uh, we also get to see the list of all the possible monsters that could have come out. It's very quick, so you have to pause it and watch. I remember in theaters thinking, like, oh, I'm going to get this on DVD and scroll over it. Um, there's a lot of great references here, so I'm just going to read through them all. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Werewolf, alien beast, mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptilicus, which was a great touch. Reptilicus is an old kaiju movie that no one remembers. Um, clowns, witches, sexy witches, demons. <laughs> Hell Lord, I guess that's uh, like Pinhead. Yep. Angry Molesting Tree, wow. <laughs> which is Evil Dead again. Giant Snake, Dead Eyes, Deadites, excuse me. And that's the name of the monsters from Evil Dead is the Deadites. Kevin, just, just a random somebody <laughs> named Kevin. Um, <laughs> Mummy, The Bride, Scarecrow Folk. Hard to get a good Scarecrow movie. Snowman, Dragon Bat, Vampires, Dismemberment Goblins. Sugar Plum Fairy, Merman, The Reanimated, A Unicorn, The Huron, which I had to look it up. It's basically just like a killer Native American. Um, Sasquatch slash Wendigo slash Yeti, Dolls, Doctors, Zombie Redneck Torture Family, Jack-O-Lantern, Giant, and Twins. So there you go, everybody. That's all. That's the whole list if you never get to look at it for yourself. Great stuff. Jack-O-Lantern Giant. I don't think I Jack saw. Yeah, the giant. Yeah, I don't I think I saw the giant. The giant or the Jack-O-Lantern. Yeah, I don't remember Jack seeing them actually show up, but they're on the list. They're on the list. Yeah, I was just wondering, like some of those I remember, but some other ones I don't remember seeing. Uh, so I was just. Yeah, some of them you don't see later on in the movie, but uh, a lot of them you do. I just uh, like the scarecrow. People. What do you saw the scarecrow people? Yeah. Yeah, the scarecrow people are there. Um, the doctors are there. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Was so, anyways, from with the mask, the torture people. Yeah. I don't know what what is that the. I, I think that was a reference to the strangers, which had come out around that time. Yeah. Oh, there's also a great touch where one of the two. We're basically following uh, the the government. There's two main guys that we follow, right? Two kind of middle aged older men, and. One of them is depressed that he didn't get to see a merman again. Yeah. Is that Hayden? Or... 
Hayden and I can't remember. Yeah, he he's always wanted to see the merman, uh, but he never gets to see the merman, so he's all disappointed. Um, comes back later, foreshadowing. <laughs> then it's explained that all the potential monsters are left over from the old world. Now this is all this is where the, kind of the H.P. Lovecraft part of it comes in, and that was really the surprising turn. The twist from this movie is that it's all very Lovecraftian. Um, so we're dealing with ancient gods and old monsters. And we also see there's a, the, oh, we see what's happening to the girls in Japan. Uh, it's like these young school girls. They're fighting with a, a ghost that's kind of like grudge or ring style. So that's what's going on in Japan. Ringu. Ringu. Yeah, we're getting to that one soon. Back at the party, Jules has basically turned into this movie's Linnea Quigley. Um, if you've listened to some of our older episodes, you know, Linnea Quigley, she was in Night of the Demons and Return of the Living Dead. Uh, she was always just the unnecessarily hypersexual, getting naked for no reason girl. Um, so that's what Jules is basically doing in this movie. She's just dancing around, getting it's drunk. It's not from free will, though. They, they boost up the hormones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they're, we find out they're controlling everything. They're like pumping gases and Oh, Marty, who is now very stoned, is talking about his suspicions about what is going on. Uh, He realizes that everybody's acting differently. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a cool shot here where um, as he's talking to... Dana, I think. Dana, yes. As he's talking to Dana, the wolf that Jules made out with earlier is like framed between them. It's a cool shot. You guys want to hear my theory on this shot? Let's hear it. Yeah. So I think the wolf represents the government agency. Yeah. Over the it's the sinister presence that is constantly watching over them and monitoring them. Very yeah. good. Very Thank good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That film film school education <laughs> that was worth the thousands of dollars we paid for it. <laughs> so Jules and Kurt. Uh, they go off into the woods, right? This is another scene you've got to have where the couple goes out into the woods to have sex. They start getting frisky. Uh, this reminds me of all the Friday the 13th movies I used to watch. There was always someone going off into the woods to have sex and getting naked. Oh, there's a great funny shot here with all the... Justin, do you remember this one where all the officials and scientists are standing around watching them? Yeah. Um, they're waiting for uh, They're waiting for her to show her boobs as it were yeah yeah (laughs) and it's just like it's cutting back and forth between them in the woods and like this room full of men just staring at the screen with their jaws hanging open basically but when she was like definitely a theme going all the way back you know all the way back to the cabin itself and Mm -hmm. two-way mirror and this part like there's there's several times where it like highlights the temptation of voyeurism Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. That's a big part of it. And this is where kind of the critique of the genre comes in. Again, we mentioned like the torture porn stuff and uh, we, the audience are sort of like the government officials, you know, that we're the ones who are kind of watching and staring to see all the horrible stuff. Does that make us a wolf too? Yes, except it's not real. So it's okay. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so they're all just like staring. And when she doesn't take her shirt off, they all collectively like groan and complain. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's too cold. Yeah. 
too cold. Yeah, I had to turn the heat up a little bit for him. So of yeah. her own free will and gas her with some pheromones. Yeah. This is where we realize just how much control they really have because they turn up the temperature in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they turn on romantic lighting so they make a perfect yeah. place for them. Yeah, and they pump the mossy area really appealing. Like a little lighting on it. <laughs> yeah, suddenly it looks like a painting. <laughs> yeah, so they have complete control over the situation, uh, pretty much. So Jules finally does take off her shirt. She comes topless, which allows the zombie rednecks to come in and attack. And I think here they they kill Jules here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the two men from because they attack they attack Kurt. They don't kill Kurt, but they do kill Jules. Um, so she is the first to die. Yeah. So the two men from the government. We never do get their names, do we? I don't think it ever tells us their names. Yeah, uh, yeah it was on the, they're called by their last names. Uh, ha, things like Hatfield and um, something with an S, but uh, yeah, they have names. Yeah, I don't remember them being used in the movie, but maybe they are briefly. I've just missed it. Anyways, I just call them the two men from the government. They offer a prayer. And if you haven't figured it out yet, this is all an elaborate sacrificial ritual, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them pulls a switch sending blood down into an ancient tomb now there's a funny scene where marty hears someone whispering i'm gonna go for a walk again he's hearing he's kind of like hearing what's going on in the background and he tries to fight it but he he fails (laughs) and he ends up going i'm gonna go for a walk and he just goes out and while he's out there he's stalked by one of the zombies um, but before the zombie, she's a creepy little thing too, but before she can get to him, Kurt grabs him, you know, Kurt comes grabbing in, covered in blood, grabs him and runs inside with the zombies chasing behind them. So let's take a moment to talk about the zombies, because even though um, it turns out they're not really the main part of the movie, they're only like a, a relatively small part of it. They're pretty awesome. I could have watched a whole movie just about these, these zombies. I don't know. Did you guys like them? Yeah, the really big one reminds me of The Undertaker. Mm. <laughs> the Undertaker. What a great reference. Yeah. It was also really creepy when the one's kind of like uh, blurry and walking, coming coming up over Marty's left shoulder before Kirk kind of runs and grabs him and clotheslines her. <laughs> no, that's yeah. patience. It's patience, yeah. Yeah, even though... Um... Or pain. <laughs> I remember you didn't think about it, so. Yeah, it's the daughter, the daughter, right? So she's, I think, isn't she like missing an arm and she's a zombie mm-hmm. and she just kind of staggers around. And the scenes, done, even though this is, this is a really good horror comedy because the comedy is really well done and the horror is actually pretty well done. I mean, you kind of just see her fade into the, the background. It's, it's great. And then there's, I guess, Papa Zombie, Daddy Zombie, the main torturer. And his weapon is uh, like a bear trap on a chain. Yeah. It's pretty Oof. unique. They look great. All the monsters look great. Yeah, I mean, this whole movie could have just been this setup here without all the other stuff. It still would have been a decent movie. Yeah. The shit's hit the fan, basically, right? They're in the cabin and they're being pursued pursued by the redneck torture zombies. Um, there's another funny touch where Kurt, Thor, um, says that they should stick together. But then they pump in a chemical that makes them go, no way, that's not right. We should split up. <laughs> Which is the Scooby-Doo 
tradition of hey let's all split up you know don't don't split up um and marty, seriously yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah marty just goes really <laughs> is this happening um when the zombies try to break in they all rush to their individual rooms because it's just been established that they have to split up uh they're locked in and marty finds uh a hidden camera right he knocks over the the light and inside he finds a camera he first thinks he thinks he's on a reality tv show i think which yeah. at this point in the movie if it's your first time watching you know that's a reasonable assumption if you haven't been paying very close attention you could think oh this is all a reality tv show especially that when this movie came out you know reality tv shows were still huge yeah. then uh, he thinks that until one of the zombies smashes into his window and carries him off. So, Justin, do you remember how Marty fights off the zombies? Uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, from earlier he took his big bong and, and collapsed it so that he could take it in the RV, and then he expands it and whacks the zombie in the face with it. It's not super successful, though, unfortunately. <laughs> No, it doesn't work too well, but it's a funny little moment where you yeah. think it's going to work. You know, it's a shot like it's going to work because he like extends his bong and starts fighting the zombie with it. But yeah, it doesn't work too well. Um, so he is, he, yeah, with that bear trap, right? And gets dragged yeah. off screen, presumably killed. Um, certainly sounds like he's being killed anyways. Dana down in the, the basement, Dana kills daddy zombie. She goes to town on the zombie. I mean, oh, she yeah, like, she like impels him in the head, yeah, and stabs him multiple times. It's, it's good, mm-hmm. this is a good scene. I mean, I'm kind of brushing over it because we got a lot to cover, but it's, it's, it's a good little attack scene. Uh, we see that all the, the Japanese schoolgirls have <laughs> banded together to defeat the evil spirit, which yeah. thoroughly pisses off the American government workers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because now it's it's just funny because he's like screaming "fuck you" at a bunch of little Japanese girls, um, but now America, it's up to us. We're the only ones left who everyone else has failed their job. Dana, Kurt, and Holden, right? Those are the three left. So they get to the van and start to drive off. Uh, there's a very tense scene here, where remember they're up in the mountains, so they they have to take a, a tunnel through the mountains to escape. Now, the tunnel was supposed to have been destroyed at some point, but somehow something went wrong and the tunnel was not destroyed. So the government people, they realize like, oh shit, we have got to blow this thing like now. And there's a math, mad dash to, he has to like pull apart wires and hot wire it to make it explode. Uh-huh. So the tunnel does blow and they don't get through. Again, another evil dead moment. Um, mm-hmm. You can't leave, right? But there's a cool moment. Uh, Mia, I'll let you take this one. Do you remember? So the tunnel is blown. They can't drive through. Do you remember what they try next? Okay, so next, it's this really exciting part. So Kurt is actually a motocross rider. (laughs) And he brought his motocross to the trip. And so he's like, my last hope I'm gonna come back even if I fall (laughs) off my bike I'm gonna make it back bring the military and he's gonna do it for jewels for jewels (laughs) for jewels (laughs) (laughs) and he goes and you know Holden's like you got this you can do it it's just a six foot differential you got it and he takes you know he goes and 
takes a, a start gets him like enough space to yep. take off on his motocross and you see him and he's going across and then suddenly smack <laughs> he smashes into yeah. a uh, into a wall or yeah. a barrier what is yeah. it yeah yeah the edge of the whatever is yeah, there an invisible barrier and you just see him right. remember that bird yeah. from earlier <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. First off, his motorcycle explodes right when he hits the invisible barrier, and then you just like watch his body tumble down into the abyss. Yeah. Um, it's all very anticlimactic because, like you said, you, you summed it up really nicely there. He uh, he gives like a big speech, like I'm about to do this awesome thing. I'm gonna jump my motorcycle over the canyon like evil Knievel, and boom, he's dead. <laughs> so now we're down to just Dana and Holden. So uh, they're discussing what to do next as they kind of drive down, um, drive back to the camp, because what else are they going to do? Not camp, the cabin. Holden is driving, and as they're talking, there's a surprise kill. There's this, one of the zombies is in the RV, and it like stabs him through the chest, killing him. This causes the van to crash into a lake, going down into the water. Dana manages to get out and survive. Um, and all the government workers celebrate because everyone is dead now, except for Dana. Her death is optional because she is the so-called final, final girl. Right. So they're like party time. Um, but there's another weird moment in this movie that stuck with me when I first saw it, where one of the, the men, he gets like really, uh, his emotions catch up with him, I guess. And he starts talking about how he feels sympathetic for her. And he hopes she survives. And then suddenly he switches mood. Like his coworkers come in and he's back into party mode. I don't know. I, I have. How do you guys interpret that? What do you think was going on there? Is he feeling some guilt or weird moment? I mean, it seems to be taking, he's like having a moment where he's like taking a toe on him. But as soon as the rest of his teammates are there, he kind of puts the mask, you know, the, the kind of mask back on, um, which kind of makes sense. He can't kind of his persona to, as his like as like the boss is the everything's kind of fun and a kind of a joke about it and kind of makes a big funny thing about it so he doesn't probably doesn't want to be seen in a moment of seriousness or or weakness you know yeah i mean i think that's probably what's what's going on um as someone who's worked in some sort of like high emotional jobs you know i've worked in like um emergency veterinary hospitals and stuff like that there is this sort of pressure that exists in those places to not show emotions you know and not let it affect you and there have been studies on this and that's this is how people are able to do such horrible things because that culture emerges where uh you're not supposed to show that you care so that's probably what's going on i also thought it'd be fun to think about it as maybe the workers are being manipulated in the same way that they're manipulating the kids Mm. Yeah, chemicals or someone above them is manipulating them with secret messages and yeah. pheromones or whatever i don't know just a fun thought yeah but they're all in party mode now because their job is done they've been successful um but oh yeah we cut back to dana and she gets out of the, <laughs> she gets out of the lake and she's attacked again by the zombie but we're only really seeing it in kind of like the background on a monitor because we're yeah. actually at the party watching them celebrate and they're not even paying attention anymore. <laughs> but the party is interrupted dun, dun, dun. from a call from 
higher level people, the people upstairs who we haven't seen or heard from. We've just heard about them. You know, we've heard about the people upstairs, the people in charge. They don't really care as long as we get our job done, you know, um, but they get a phone call from them. Like everybody shut up, turn the music off. The boss is calling. Um, he finds that something has gone wrong and we don't know what's, what's gone wrong yet, but we find out very quickly because Dana is about to be killed by the zombie until she is rescued by who? Marty! Marty! Yay, Marty is back. Marty and uh, Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, because Marty is uh, the best, at least of the, the group of kids, he's, he's the best character, I think, you know, which he was written that way. The others were supposed to be a little stock. Yeah, and he leads her to a hidden room under the grave where we thought he was killed. Basically, he has found... Um, like like an elevator, a secret passageway that takes them down into the the lab or whatever you want to call this place, and this is where we're we're getting the big twist. And now keep in mind, um, there's a half hour left in this movie, but it feels like we've watched a whole movie, doesn't it? I mean, you've had the setup, uh, the conflict, the resolution, everyone dies except for one person who survives. You know, it feels like you've watched a whole movie, but it's only been an hour. So we've still got half an hour left as they go down into the secret area. So this elevator he's in, it's not just, I called it an elevator, but it's more like a moving room that kind of moves them through the network of, I don't know, how would you guys describe the place he goes to? Reminds me a little bit of like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, like good old glass, glass elevator. Yes. Except there's horror uh, cells like going through a oh, prison. You know what? It reminds me of, um, I think it's the movie 13 Ghosts. Is it the movie? 13, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, 13 yeah. Ghosts. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what it reminds me of. It's oh a lot God. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but basically, he goes down into. It also kind of reminds me of, what is it? Is it Rick and Morty, Justin, where um, they get put into those cells, that huge elaborate prison? Anyways, it's kind of like that, um, where it just takes them down to this dark underground place where as they're moving through, they're seeing like almost like a a prison or a zoo. Um, It's just glass rooms, and each one holds a different kind of monster. Um, We see... The first one we see is a werewolf. We see a vengeful spirit, an angry ghost, a Cenobite from Hellraiser. Looks like Pinhead. He's cool. Mm-hmm. And then we see the Sugar Plum Fairy Girl. Oh, <laughs> she is uh, the ballerina, right? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think she's supposed to be the Sugar Plum Fairy, but she is. Uh, she's just like a face with a huge mouth filled with uh, filled with teeth. Yeah, she's creepy. Yeah, at this point in the movie, get ready. Start pausing your movie. Uh, or just watch it and then come back, watch it again and pause because there's so much to see here and it all happens very quickly, but there's so many little references. All right, now it's time for, they have to go find them, right? So they figure out that uh, we have- Dana and and Marty. Dana and Marty, right? Just Dana and Marty. They're the only only two alive, for real. Um, The workers have to find them because they're loose in the facility and- so the ritual is not complete now. Yep. They have to kill them, but specifically they have to kill Marty first because if she dies first, then everything's ruined. Like there's an order to how this has to go down. 
while they're exploring the facility, they hear a voice on the intercom explaining, basically telling them what we already know. They're part of this elaborate ritual to keep the old gods from rising. They're chased into a control room by armed guards. And what do they do? Hmm. How do they defend themselves? They purge. Purge, system purge. 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 They pull a lever. <laughs> they pull a lever that unleashes all the monsters, right? Uh, this kind of reminds me, it's been a while back. You guys remember when we talked about Frankenstein at the end of the movie? There's a, they pull a lever and it blows up the whole lab. Who builds these things? Why would you build a lever that lets all the monsters loose in the facility? <laughs> But anyways, that's what they do. There's a button. <laughs> a lever yep. and a button. <laughs> a, re- a really big button. Yeah. Yeah, and just anyone can go. There's no, like, password or key you have to put in. Just pull the lever. All the monsters are loose. Oh, let them all out. Yeah. But this is an amazing scene. Um, and it's been, they've made, like, gifs and memes of this because, okay, so they're hiding in, like, the control room. The room is filled with soldiers. They pull the lever. And suddenly, every monster is just loose at once. And they just come in and destroy all the soldiers right away. What else do we see here? We see, um, I call it an alien. Yeah. What else do you guys remember? Um, a little cobra. Yeah. Yeah, not a little cobra, a giant cobra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big old There's a giant cobra. You see it, Pennywise the clown, basically. Well, you do see Pennywise. And then you see... Mm-hmm. Um, the like a bat or it is a bat right yeah it's like a mutant where where bats some kind of bat thing um mass killers zombies i mean you see all kinds of stuff it happens so fast here and some of it you're seeing like there's times when you'll just see a bunch of monitors in the background and each monitor has a different monster in it so you can't even look at all of them at the same time so it gets really chaotic here, and like I said, all this deserves to be watched several times. But there are two moments that really stuck with me and stuck with people. One of them I kind of heard about beforehand, the unicorns theme. Oh, oh my no. gosh, yeah. That is something I'd never seen before. Um, you know, a, a man getting stabbed to death by a unicorn, right? Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Unicorns have these big horns, but we always think of them yeah. as good monsters or good creatures. No one ever thought to stab someone to death with a unicorn yeah. horn. I'm sure it's been done before, but I'd never seen it. Oh, and second, as all the monsters make their way to the main government area, the one guy, do you remember his fate? Either one of you, what happens to the one guy? He always wanted to see a... Merman! Merman, which is like partially creature from the Black Lagoon partial evil mermaid man wobbles and it kills him yeah and he goes his final words are like what does he say oh you've got to be kidding me (laughs) (laughs) he always wanted to see a merman and it kills him so the other of the two men there's only one of them left now he accidentally surprises dana kind of like down in a tunnel area who stabs him to death and before like as he's dying he begs her to kill marty Dana and Marty make their way to the ancient tomb we saw earlier. And as the two try to understand what they are seeing, who walks in? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. That was a huge surprise. I didn't know she was going to be in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, she walks in. And she was the voice we heard earlier. So she explains everything. Uh, we realize we're standing over the pit where the ancient gods sleep. 
Nice touch. They are beginning to wake, and if Marty is not dead in eight minutes, the gods will destroy all human life on the planet. It looks like she's about to shoot Marty, but a werewolf comes in and attacks her. <laughs> Marty grabs the gun and shoots the werewolf, werewolf, and but then Sigourney Weaver attacks him. So as they're struggling for the gun, one of the zombies comes in from earlier and kills Sigourney Weaver. Yep. Yeah, patience. And Marty knocks both of them into the pit. Now, as the <laughs> there's another great little humorous line here. As the temple is beginning to shake, Marty sits down next to Dana, and she says, "You know, I don't think Kurt even has a cousin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. So, they were manipulated way from beforehand. Um, all right, so we're almost at the end here, Justin. I'll let you kind of summarize what happens right here at the end, where. Dana and Marty are sitting next to each other and they have a little conversation. Do you remember how the movie ends? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love this. Uh, I love this ending. I mean, so they're basically they're sitting there and she's been uh, beaten up uh, from being attacked by the werewolf and they're bloody. And uh, he just, uh, he just lights up, a, he lights up a joint and uh they sit there and smoke and they have a debate about uh whether um whether or not humanity should continue to exist and they decide to say fuck it and take it all down <laughs> instead of uh, instead of die themselves and then uh once they made the decision he's like you know it would be really it would have been really cool to see the evil gods and she was like yeah it would have been really cool to see the evil gods and uh he's like yeah that would have been a, a memorable weekend <laughs> it's great it's a nice little moment there the end it kind of reminds me of the end of the thing um where you have kurt russell and they're just sitting there talking but yeah they're discussing like uh they've already made up their minds like we're i'm we're not gonna kill you we're just gonna let this happen there's a funny moment where she she says, "I'm I'm sorry, I almost shot you," you know, and he goes, "Well, I'm sorry for letting you get attacked by a werewolf and ending the world." <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, they decide, like you just said, they decide to let the old gods rise. They regret they don't get to see it, and then the temple collapses in on them. And the very last thing we see is this gigantic arm reaching out of the earth, yeah. and that's the end of the movie. Mia, yeah what do you think about that ending mia i liked it i like that it was kind of like um that everybody kind of dies <laughs> everybody the whole, ends, the whole yeah. world ends the whole world ends right because they were like part of an experiment that they didn't necessarily ask for they were all like college students and it's just based on, they were selected based on their youth right i think mm -hmm. that's what she said and so so it was like a great unexpected ending actually the really great like twist to another twist right mm -hmm. the twist that they were being observed by other people and then the twist that the people that were observing them got screwed at the end as well yeah i mean you keep waiting there's several times in the ending where it looks like things are going to work themselves out like you think maybe she's going to kill marty or you think one of the monsters is going to kill marty or something's going to happen and it'll all work out but no it doesn't the world ends <laughs> um yeah so let's talk about 
and, and they also talk about how um, you know it's a kind of a briefly mentioned that if this is what we have to do to prevent the end of the world, then maybe the end of the world should happen. You know, if this is how we have to behave to protect ourselves. Maybe we don't deserve to continue living. So what do you guys think about <laughs> this decision? There's, it's a pretty big decision for any, any two people to make to end humanity, but uh, <laughs> any thoughts on the ethics of their decision? <laughs> yeah. What would you do? Yeah, well... You have to die or you have to kill someone to save humanity. Well, I wouldn't be in their position. Uh, if... <laughs> I, I just I refuse to be, be in that position. Well, no, no. I'd be like, if that, that cellar door opens, we're not going down there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's um, a hard question. I mean, the answer is you, you kill them, I think, um, instead of right, right. return to the old gods uh, that seem like evil monsters and destroy everything that's good that humans have ever known. And so, you know, I, I can't say that I agree with their decision to eradicate the human species. However, I really like the meme of uh, deciding to let it all burn down and um, just kind of sitting and lighting a joint and watching it kind of all collapse. Uh, like, yeah. it reminds me of Fight Club in that way at the, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, but when they um, um, reset all the financial institutions, they're like, yep just gonna watch it all burn um yeah and uh i kind of get that too and you know there is some nice commentary on a system built on evil uh it's hardly good um so yeah it's really it's what makes it fun mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely thought-provoking uh i don't know I, th I think like you said in that situation you probably kill your friend right <laughs> but uh it, yeah it's a nice I touch mean, it was pretty clearly what she was going to do until she was stopped, I think. She says she wouldn't have, but she was going to shoot him. She was going to shoot Marty. Yeah, she even apologizes to him. Like, she's about to pull the trigger. Um, yeah, I think they just they were both just so traumatized is one thing. Like, after what you've been through, maybe you're ready to destroy humanity, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think you can really blame, the, blame them for the choice they arrive at. Um, yeah, for sure. I think well, I, that's I, it. I would have a bit of a fuck you too at the end of it in, uh, in Marty's shoes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's because they weren't yeah. going to go anywhere. They had no escape, yeah. right? Because when they were debating whether to get on the elevator or not, they were like, well, what else are we going to do? There's no way out. Yeah, There's only one way. Yeah. Let's do the elevator shoot. That's Star Wars. So really. that's Cabin in the Woods. It's a great movie. Uh, I think it holds up really well. It's only 10, you know, not quite 10 years <laughs> old. Uh, I loved it when I first saw it. I still liked it. Uh, it's a movie where I could I could watch it again right now just to see more of what I missed. Um, acting is really the acting is really good. Uh, some of it is it's stock in some places, but it's supposed to be. Remember, it's kind of a parody. Um, there's a lot of just great humor. I mean, we skipped over a lot of it, but there's so many little one liners in there. Yeah. Uh, there's the one where he says, hey, remember when you could just throw a girl into a volcano? Uh, <laughs> so definitely a love letter to the genre and that's it i mean anything else to say about cabin in the woods before we introduce the next episode um see no, it. It all? it's a lot of fun yeah uh, yeah i like yeah. it that's great 
go watch Cabin in the Woods. And with that, that's the end of this episode. Coming up next is Mia. It's your pick, right? Want to tell us what you picked for the next movie? The Descent. Do you remember? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the Descent. 2005, The Descent, uh, where they go into a cave and it's really good. Um, <laughs> but all right, we're done for now. Thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time for The Descent. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.